HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Kane Vineyard and Winery, a Napa Valley winery committed to respecting the soil and dedicated to the creation of three Cabernet blends. For more information, visit Kane5.com. I'm Erica Wides, host of Let's Get Real, the cooking show about finding, preparing, and eating food. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to Magnifico Radio, bringing you the latest in ethical fashion, clean beauty, and sustainable living. I'm your host, Kate Black, and this is Episode 3, and today we're talking about trash. The average American household produces about 1,600 pounds of garbage per year. That's about 726 kilos, 29 pounds per week per person. That's about the size of an average two-year-old. A two-year-old's worth of trash per person per week. It's totally mind-boggling. But today's guest is an exception. I'm thrilled to welcome Lauren Singer, who's living a trash-free life in New York City. Well, almost trash-free. She can fit all the trash she's made in the last four years into a mason jar. Lauren's the founder of Trash is for Tossers, a blog dedicated to showing that leading, leading a, tra- a zero-waste lifestyle is simple. And she's also the CEO of the Simply Co., making organic cleaning products that are safe for your home, your body, and the environment. Lauren, welcome. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm thrilled. So can you tell me this mason jar life adventure? When and how did it start? Everything kind of started for me when I was in college. I went to NYU and I studied environmental science. And when I was a junior in college, I saw the documentary Gasland, which is all about the fracking industry and the extraction of oil and, or more frankly, the the extraction of gas. And it was my first insight into the idea that people could have a really negative impact on not just themselves, but on the natural environment. And so I got really involved in um, anti-fracking activism. And so I was protesting all the time. And then that turned into me spending more time, you know, in DC lobbying than actually at school. And my senior year, when I was finishing up my studies, I was in um, the environmental studies capstone course, which is the last course that you have to take as an environmental studies major. And there was a girl in this class that every day would bring this big plastic bag full of her dinner. So it would have a clamshell made of plastic full of food. It would have a plastic fork and knife, a plastic drink, and then um, a bag of chips obviously packaged in plastic. And she would eat everything and just throw it away. And I thought that 
it was really weird that someone studying environmental science, someone that had you know, pursued that topic of study for the past four years was being so wasteful. And I would kind of get mad at her and stare at her and think mean things about her, but I never really did anything. And then one day after class, I went home to make dinner and I opened up my refrigerator and I saw for the first time that every single thing in there was packaged in plastic with zero exceptions. Everything from my eggs to, you know, my milk to my lettuce that I was buying pre-washed and packaged, everything was packaged in plastic. And I started looking around my apartment and I noticed that all of my beauty products were packaged in plastic. All of my cleaning products were packaged in plastic. And most of my clothing was actually made of synthetic fabric, so made of plastic. And I had this moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I've been so hypocritical for judging this girl when I'm just as bad, if not worse. And on top of that, I've been protesting the oil and gas industry for two years. And I'm actively consuming one of their biggest products on a multi-time daily basis. So there was such a disconnect. So I made a decision to stop using plastic. And from there, I realized that I couldn't just buy my way out of using plastic. I couldn't go to a pharmacy and buy plastic-free products. It's a function of our society. Everything is packaged in plastic. So I had to make a lot of my own products. And that's kind of how I found out about the zero-waste lifestyle through learning how to make products myself. And when I learned about a zero-waste lifestyle... It was the most empowering thing I've ever learned in my life because I thought lessening my environmental impact meant not using plastic, but realizing that I didn't have to make any trash at all. To me, there was no better way that I could find to align my day-to-day life with my values for environmental sustainability. And so what was the time frame? So, you know, and this happens to a lot of people. This even happened to me with fashion. You just kind of wake up and you have this aha moment that you're not living your values. And so once you started to look around at all the plastic, were you shocked? Like, did And, and then how long did it take for you to realize how insipid plastic is in our lives? Like, what was, how, what was the time frame to go from that to zero waste? It's an interesting question because when I was protesting against the oil and gas industry, I always thought of the oil and gas industry as like the the bad guy. But I never thought of like the the consumer product industry or our demand for those products as something that was negative. So when I when I changed my my focus and realized that a lot of my individual habits were resulting in Um, supporting the industries that I was so opposed to, that's when I started looking around at everything and realizing that so much of what I had in my home and that I was welcoming into my life was actually supporting something that was directly in opposition with what I cared about. So I started kind of donating a lot of things and recycling a lot of things that were made of plastic. I stopped buying plastic and started transitioning out products. But from realization to going totally zero waste, I mean, it was it was a long time. It was, it was at least four months. And, you know, sometimes people are like, they write these articles saying, I'm going to go zero waste for the weekend or I'm going to go zero waste in a week. And I'm like, well, no, that's a terrible idea. You can't, it's like wanting to go on a diet and lose 40 pounds in two days. It's impossible. You have to change the way you eat. You have to change, you know, the way your routine is. You have to integrate exercise. It's the same with going zero waste. The changes aren't hard, but there are a lot of foundational things that need to be swapped out in your life. So it takes some time to actually make the transition. Well, and, and I can think already, like if I have tried to go zero waste, all the, all the obstacles I'd have, starting with getting out of bed, so toothpaste. Right, totally. you can't find a zero waste toothpaste, but you. I make found my a own solution. toothpaste. Yeah, and it was actually the first thing that I started making. So, I had a boyfriend that was actually brushing his teeth with baking soda, and I thought he was so disgusting. I thought that he was like the dirtiest hippie I've ever met in my life, and then I dated him. 
<laughs> and kissed, obviously. And, and kissed him. And then I realized when I when I started transitioning to a zero waste lifestyle, I was like, okay, let me try this. And I tried baking soda. And I was actually like, wow, this kind of works, but it's really salty. Is there anything that I can do? So I started adding coconut oil, um, a little bit of stevia, which is a natural sweetener to sweeten it up, and essential oils of peppermint or cinnamon, which are naturally antibacterial. And I realized that with four simple ingredients, I could change one major contributor to trash in my life, which was toothpaste tubes. And it was a lot less expensive and just as effective and totally organic and no synthetic ingredients. And I had control for the first time of what I was using as a toothpaste and it felt really good. So that's kind of what helped to motivate me to make more products of my own. That's amazing. And so is this kind of an extension of your upbringing? Like, were you raised by hippie parents? Not at all. I think my parents couldn't be less hippie. Um, I mean, I I grew up where I had access to play outside, and I think I've always had a deep connection to nature. I definitely played outside a lot when I was younger. We lived right on um, a reservation in my hometown, and so I was always outside, and I loved reading The Swiss Family Robinson and The Boxcar Children. Those were kind of my, my, the books of my upbringing, and um, I just always connected to being outside, and I think nature is one of those things that it just makes me so happy without doing anything but existing and to me the fact that we can do so much to destroy something that's so perfect is is really devastating and so I I've wanted to dedicate my life to ensuring that we don't do more damage because the world is so perfect so my parents um they're just typical parents and you know through me living this lifestyle they've changed a lot of the things in their life actually like my mom started eating a lot more organic food and my dad recycles a lot more and he um composts now so it's things that I haven't even asked them to do but just because they've seen me doing it and they've realized that it's an option and it's simple they've integrated it into their own life well and I can I saw I was doing a little social stalking of you this morning before this interview and I saw one of your friends is having a birthday party and having a beach cleanup yeah and so obviously you're having this effect this knock-on effect with your whole circles was that something that she instigated or she totally I mean I she like makes me want to cry how amazing she is she's she kind of learned about how I was living and has been asking me a million questions and went at her job and decided that she wanted to try to make a difference and change the way her office was running and um, you know decrease the use of plastics and she faced so much opposition from people getting mad at her wanting to remove single-use disposable plastic cups and she's been so strong and so focused and now she's dedicating you know herself to wanting to live a zero waste lifestyle and giving her entire day of her birthday to doing a beach cleanup to pick up plastic. And I couldn't feel more proud to have a friend like her. And she, she always says when we talk about kind of the way I live, that the thing that she likes most is I've never tried to push my lifestyle on her. I've tried to invite her in. And that's kind of what I try to do with everyone around me. I would never tell them like, you're such a bad friend for not living zero waste. Or like, if you make garbage, you're a horrible person. It's not like that at all. It's the opposite. It's I live my life. You live your life. If you're different from me, let me invite you in see how I live. And if you like it, then I'll be there to show you what I do. And if you don't, then I love you anyway. And so how is that, how does that work in your like interpersonal life? Like how does, is, is like relationships? Yeah. So in the (laughs) dating circle, is somebody's trash habit, is that a deal breaker? Totally not at all. Actually the, 
when I started living a zero waste lifestyle, I had a boyfriend and he was so supportive of this. Like we used to make a lot of products together and he would kind of contribute to different aspects. So I would make a lot of my own products and he would be like, Lauren, you have to turn off the lights after the bathroom. You know, like we would play different roles. And then my, after we broke up the next boyfriend that I had, um, he actually found me through my blog and, and wrote to me on and he wrote an email and we ended up being in the same place at the same time and ended up dating for a year. So actually living a zero waste lifestyle helped me find a boyfriend. And, um, yeah, when I date, I find that people are really proactive in wanting to do things that like prove to me that they try to reduce their waste. So I'll go out to dinner with someone and I'll order a cocktail and I'll say, Oh, you know, I'd like a, you know, martini with no skewer. And they're like, Oh my God, me too. No, no skewer. And then they look at me for like this puppy admiration or like some kind of affirmation. And it's so cute and it's so nice. And it just reminds me that it's so simple to try to like, just be consistent with your values and other people really do want to try to, to make their impact lower. It's true. And I think once you start to, once your eyes are open and so having a friend like you or, or dating somebody like you would definitely change your perspective, then you see trash everywhere. So how does, how did this, how did this movement kind of change your life? Like, let's talk about, I don't know, something girly like makeup. Mm -hmm. Do you wear makeup? I wear makeup. Um, I try not to during the day, but when I'm on camera, I wear makeup, but I've changed a lot of the makeup that I've worn and I've, I've, realize that it's really important to know the makers of your products. So one of the brands that I actually purchased from one of the owners, Rosemary Swift, who owns RMS Beauty, is actually in ABC Carpet and Home all the time. So I've I've been able to go and meet her and talk to her about her products and learn how to use them properly and learn what her um, motivations for starting the company were and about her values and ethics. And it's helped me make really informed decisions as a consumer. And so with anything, whether it's, you know, makeup or clothing, what I think is so important is just knowing the people who you're buying from. We've lost this connection with the people that we purchase from. There are these like, you know, um, personality-less corporations. And now we have the ability, because there are so many smaller makers coming up, to actually learn from the people who are making our products. And, and that's kind of how I make informed decisions as a consumer. That's amazing. And I love her stuff because it always comes in glass jars and totally. there's not a lot of packaging. And um, yeah, she's she's quite an inspiration. Also Canadian. She's from, really? Yeah, she's from Vancouver. Um, and so, and do you think it translates? Because I grew up in a relatively small town. I spent most of my time in Toronto, but I grew up in a small town. Do you think it's different living in a big town like New York City versus somewhere in middle America? Like, do you think that this is applicable across the country? I've traveled extensively across the United States in the past four years, whether it's, you know, for, for work and like speaking about zero waste or I actually, the boyfriend, the second boyfriend that I was talking about lived in California. So, um, I had to apply the way that I was living to different places, whether San Francisco or LA or when we were traveling back and forth. And I found that every single place that I've been, I've been able to easily live this lifestyle. It's just about having the resources to do so and the motivation to um, be consistent no matter where you are. So for me, living in New York City, obviously, there, besides having convenient access to something like a co-op, there are a lot of temptations, which I think could make it a lot harder for someone. You know, it's so easy to get food at any time of the night from anywhere delivered to your door, for instance, and a lot of people don't want to cook. And so it's while it's easy to have access to things that could be zero waste or waste for your bulk or whatever, um, there's a lot of things that aren't sustainable about New York City. So I think when you're in a small town, if you have something like a farmer's market, 
market or one natural food store, um, maybe it can help you prepare a little bit about, you know, how to cook and maybe you're more reliant on cooking for yourself instead of getting takeout every single day. Um, but I think whether or not your town or where you live, no matter where it is, if it's in the U.S. or outside of the U.S., um, regardless of what they have currently, I always like to stress the potential of individuals to actually make a positive impact on their community. So if you live in a town where, you know, they don't offer anything in bulk, as a consumer, you have a right to ask for products that you want to be provided. You have a right to uh, start a community group of composting. You have a right to, um, you know, get together and do clothing swaps. It's something that we can all do as individuals. So I don't believe in sitting around and waiting for a community to change. I, I believe in being proactive and trying to to be the change that I think I want. That's so amazing. So right after the break, we're going to talk about the Simply Co. and all the changes that you're making for consumers everywhere. Awesome. Music for this commercial break is brought to you by Taxstar, and this track is called Walking Like a Cowboy. This is Chris Howell from Cane Vineyard and Winery, calling in from Spring Mountain above the Napa Valley. Thank you for listening to this show. In our industrial world of highly processed food and wine, we support the values of Heritage Radio Network. All of us at Cane encourage you to seek out individuality and beauty in everything you eat and drink. To learn more about us, go to Cane5.com. back. This is Kate Black. You're listening to Magnifico Radio, and I'm sitting here with Lauren Singer, probably most well-known for her blog and lifestyle Trashes for Tossers, but you've just launched a new company, The Simply Co. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about it? Sure. Um, So The Simply Co. is an organic laundry detergent company, and I never thought in a million years that I would be saying that I own an organic laundry detergent company because when I graduated from college, I um, studied environmental science and politics, and I really wanted to work in politics because I thought the best way to make positive environmental change was through political action. And so I started working as sustainability manager at the New York City Department of Environmental Protection, and I was working on about $2 billion worth of capital infrastructure projects helping to make them more sustainable. But I still had Trashes for Tossers, the blog, at the same time. And I was getting a question pretty often from people. And it was something along the lines of, I really like the products that you're making. Um, They're sustainable, but I have a life and I have friends and I have things to do. And (laughs) I think that always insinuated that I didn't, Um, (laughs) but I don't have time to make these products myself. Do you suggest somewhere that I could buy products that are sustainable, like the ones you're making yourself in stores? And so I started doing some legwork. I started going to stores and looking for products that were kind of reminiscent of the ones that I was making for myself, living a zero waste lifestyle. And While I could conveniently find beauty products that were pretty similar to the ones that I was making, I couldn't find 
cleaning products that were anywhere near what I was making. And I started doing some more research into cleaning products. And I'm lucky because I have a, a background in research and I really like researching. I will go down these crazy holes of research and just like come out on the other end like an enlightened person. And um, I, I started looking into cleaning products and I realized that in the United States, there are over 85,000 industrial chemicals that are in use. And most of them actually aren't even tested for safety before being released out into the market. And so how they're tested for safety is you and I will get sick and, you know, file a claim and then they'll be like, oops, maybe, maybe we should look into this and product taken off of the market. Um, besides that being incredibly crazy to me, I learned that in the United States, cleaning product manufacturers aren't legally required to disclose the ingredients of their products on the product packaging. So we could go to a store and buy some window cleaner and look at the ingredients and think, oh, you know, this this looks okay. I, I recognize like 60% of what's on here. I'm, I'm okay with this. But in reality, what's on that label doesn't at all have to reflect what's actually inside of the product. And Actually, what can be inside of those that product is things like formaldehyde, petrochemicals, endocrine disruptors, um, things that are really bad for your body. And when I learned about that, I felt really deceived as a consumer because I feel that as, as consumers, we have a right to products that are safe for our homes and our bodies and the environment. But on top of that, if we're exposing ourselves to toxic chemicals, we have a right to know that we're exposing ourselves to toxic chemicals. Um, so when I learned about that, I really wanted to take action and do something. I, I couldn't feel comfortable recommending anything that was out there to my readers. And so I decided to quit my job and start the Simply Co. And I did that through a Kickstarter campaign. So I had a goal to raise $10,000 to start the company. It was kind of an arbitrary number. I didn't know what I was doing. And I ended up raising that $10,000 in the first 24 hours. And by the end of the, the 30 days, I had raised over $42,000 with thousands of backers to fulfill. Um, and I, I had a company kind of overnight. And what I didn't realize was that at first I was hand grinding soap to put into these jars. And all of a sudden I had, you know, a thousand orders to, to fulfill. So the past like year and a half has really been scaling this company to a place where it's, it runs pretty autonomously and, um, where the products are really simple, really safe. Um, we don't use any plastic in the shipping. There's no plastic at all. Um, and there's just three ingredients in the laundry detergent and then I'll expand into more products. But really it's the point of it is to show that we need to question why there are so many toxic chemicals and everything and ask when did this become okay and are they necessary and so through the company I'm really trying to prove that that they're not yeah I love that and I think actually when you think about trash like there's a lot of chemicals being kind of trashed or dumped into our products like it, it's it's a nice um, way for companies to get away from having to pay EPA totally you know um, cartage fees for hazardous chemicals well no we'll just find this other use yeah. for it like fluoride right like totally. fluoride is totally bad for us yeah. except that it happens to prevent cavities so yeah. we get to you know sell it in, in tiny little amounts to um, toothpaste companies and call it an action so what kind of products were you making on the blog like where where do we see this simply co line developing into so right now on the blog i have recipes for my beauty products and a few cleaning products um but for the simply co i want it to be 
all of the cleaning products that I use, which is basically a very minimal capsule collection of products because really you don't need much at all to clean your home, just like you don't need much at all as a beauty routine. It's it's something that's propagated by consumer culture. So for the Simply Co, I think the, the next things that I want to focus on are just an all-purpose cleaner, um, a bar soap, a liquid soap, um, and something, you know, with the all-purpose cleaner, it's actually fine for glass and countertops. So I really want to show that you don't need 40 billion products to clean your home. You don't need um, anything more than a few simple things and uh, make it really easy and convenient for people. So on top of it being a really sustainable, organic product, I want it to be at a price point that's accessible for everyone because I believe that having a sustainable product doesn't mean it's for a select few or upper class people. Everyone has a right to products that are safe. Yeah, I totally agree. And so you're incredibly busy now. So you're still creating content. You have a YouTube channel with 50,000 followers. You're on Facebook and Insta with 75,000 followers and you're launching this company. So how do you manage your time? Um, it's so funny because I feel like the, the more stuff I have to do, the less I feel like I'm doing. So I, I always feel like there's, there's more time and more things that I can be doing. Um, but every day is totally different. Um, but I, I like to focus, you know, the normal working hours on my company and then everything else, um, kind of falls early in the morning or later at night. So, I'm basically always working from the second that I open my eyes to the second I go to sleep. But honestly, I love it so much and, and it's so much better than, than my last job. I love working for myself. I love being a self-starter. I love the gratification of knowing that if I'm working, it's because I'm motivating myself to work, not because I'm waiting on you know, some paycheck or fulfilling some contractual obligation. It's, it's something that I'm doing for me because I want to align with my goal. So like my only goal in life is to help to inspire positive environmental change and everything that I do is for that so um, regardless of how busy or stressed I feel I always just come back to that sentiment and it helps me it kind of helps bring me back to earth that's amazing and so you can't just save the world you also have to save yourself so what are your <laughs> strategies to handle the stress like do you have, do you have a, a sport or meditation or what do you like to do to kind of come back to self-care and and the thing that really a lot of entrepreneurs forget when you're running two businesses or three businesses to to take care of yourself um i think that's a work in in progress but something that I really like to do is if I'm feeling stressed, I like to kind of bring myself down in a way. So if I'm really stressed out um, about something having to do with my company, I go, Lauren, it's just laundry detergent. <laughs> Calm down. And it kind of helps put everything into perspective for me. Um, but I find it really necessary for me to go outside once in a while and walk around. I, I walk every single night. So if I'm at my office, my office is in Chinatown and I live in Williamsburg. So I walk home over the bridge every night and that really helps me to clear my brain. It's, it's my form of meditation. Um, and I, I like to think about the things I, I want in life very often. So that'll help me kind of like stay focused and stay on point. Um, but yeah, running and walking are kind of my two biggest things. And, and I love cooking. Um, that helps me a lot as well. And I saw you have recipes on, on your blog as well, yes. right? Yeah. Pesto today? I made pesto. Yeah. I went to the farmer's market. Fall is the best for the farmer's market. I agree, it's I agree. amazing. So I, I, I don't have that much food on the blog right now. I never felt like I was a real cook or anything, but, um, 
I'll, I'll try to do more food or maybe bring in some friends who are much more worthy of recipes than I am. I'm the same way. I'm a super big foodie, but I never, you would never see it. I don't take pictures of it. I don't share totally. recipes, but I'm like all about healthy food. Okay. So what's your biggest strategy? I, w- I kind of want to know what's in your purse. Like what do you carry around to help you avoid trash? And what are some things that listeners could do to, to make really small changes, but would have big impact? It totally depends on the person and on the day. So for me today, I'm going from my house to this studio and I needed coffee. So I brought a reusable cup with coffee that I got from my local coffee shop. Um, But if I'm going to work, I'll bring this cup, for instance. I'll bring um, maybe a reusable napkin. I'll bring lunch in like a stainless steel container and then I'll put that in a reusable bag. So I like to always have a reusable bag with me because you never know what's going to happen in your day. You might want to buy something and you'll need something to put it in. And to me, like single use plastic bags are probably one of the worst um, things for the environment. So that and single use plastic straws, I I try to find alternatives to. So um, I'll always have a reusable bag and I'll always say no to straws. I think for anyone, like for instance, if you drive and you have a car, something really easy to do is put just a kit of, um, you know, reusable bags, maybe a couple of um, smaller produce bags made of, you know, reusable cotton or something like that in your trunk. So you always have it on the go. But the best tip besides like what you can bring with you is just thinking about your day for a second, taking, taking 30 seconds to think, what am I doing today? What am I going to need? How can I prepare? And then based on that, you can bring whatever you need. So you're not constantly bogged down with a ton of stuff. You have the stuff that you need for the day that you're having. Yeah, I, I love that. And when I lived in Germany, Germany was one of the first places where you had to pay for plastic bags. So it was Germany. just so embedded. Like I just had plastic. I had reusable bags in, in their own little kind of carry case. Yep. They were two inch by two inch. And they were stuck in every pocket of everything totally. I owned. Because you just needed to have them. Um, it's been such a pleasure to meet you and to hear your story. So if you want to learn more, you can find Lauren on her blog, Trashes for Tossers. Where can people find your laundry detergent or is it Simply Co. sold? It's at, you can buy it online at thesimplyco.com. And then it's also in stores um, th- throughout the country. Um, we have a couple of locations where you can actually buy it in bulk or package free. So we're supporting that refill economy. Um, but the best and easiest place is um, just online. That's amazing. I just want to give a shout out to Roberta's, which is home of the Heritage Radio Network, where you can find me each Monday live at one o'clock. You can always listen to Magnifico Radio on iTunes or Stitcher and feel free to share it with a friend. Please check out my blog or sign up for my newsletter at Magnifico.com. Until next week. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.